Want to listen to Sower LA preachings on the go? Well, now you can with our Sower LA podcast. You can listen to all of our preachings and messages that we have on Sower LA Encounter Night. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. Sower Ministry, a new evangelization. One of my goals is hopefully to get a master's degree in theology and also... Deacon doesn't know this, but I hope to maybe someday become a deacon. <laughs> that means I, I, I you know, I want to go get married first, hopefully. Hopefully God has that in store and then look into it. So that's one of the things, you know, it's awesome that the Sower Ministry has a member of the clergy. Amen. So if you have any questions on vocations, you can see deacon. Amen. Amen, deacon. <laughs> <laughs> So the reason I wanted to mention deacon, so back in the days, in the time of the disciples, if you go back and you read Acts chapter 6, or if you've been going to daily mass, any daily mass uh, goers here, all right, we, um, right now they're going through Acts of the Apostles in the first reading, amen, sister? And right now, or I think yesterday and the day before, they were covering the story of this man, Deacon Steve. Not Deacon Steve Greco, right, who was here the other day, but Deacon Stephen, the first martyr, whose name means crown. Amen? What does the name mean? Now, Stephen was a man who was, uh, he came as the result of an issue. Amen? He came as the result of a what? There was an issue. There was these widows. They were called the Hellenist widows. They were Greek-speaking women. And they noticed that the Jew, Jewish uh, widows were getting a little more food, right? And, and they started to complain to the disciples. And they said, hey, you know, we're not being taken care of. So the disciples got together. I'm sure they started to pray. Amen. They prayed. They discerned the situation. And they came up with a new role, amen? The deacons. And they picked seven of those men. The one that we hear about in the scripture uh, the most, or the one that uh, uh, maybe because he became a martyr, is Stephen. And the Bible tells us that as Stephen served these widows, he had another gift. Anybody know what that gift was? Sharing the word, amen? He, this, this man had a lot of wisdom. This man was mighty indeed in word, the Bible tells us. And eventually he caught the attention of some people that didn't like him, right? The Jews of the day uh, eventually, the Bible tells us, arrested him and brought him to trial. And as Stephen is brought to trial, uh, you can read this all throughout the book of Acts chapter 7. It says that he starts to give his defense, amen? But instead of really giving a defense, the Bible tells us he begins to preach on Jewish history, amen? And eventually he gets to a point in his message where he starts to talk about Jesus, amen? How many of you guys know that we live in a society that tolerates Jesus? For example, if you sneeze, somebody might say, hey, what do they say? God bless you. And if you turn around and you look at that person and you say, hey, you know, you mentioned God. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Or if you tell some of your family members, right? 
you're going to start to see some discomfort, right? You're going to start to see people that they want to change the subject, right, into something uh, uh, like sports, right? Or, or they want to talk about Game of Thrones, right? A show I've never seen yet, right? I think my microphone went. It went, wait, it went to the wayside, right? Um, so, so this man, Stephen, begins to talk about Jesus, right? And eventually the Bible says that the Jews start to get really upset. So I'm going to go, if, if you have your Bible, open up to Acts chapter 7, verse 55. Testing, one, two, three. Okay, there we go. So Stephen is there. He's before the court of the Jews, the Sanhedrin, the same court that tried our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that Stephen has been sharing a message. Now he's getting to the point where he's talking about Jesus. Amen. How many of you guys know that one of our goals in life, and I used to do this very effectively when I was a young man, first converted, where I would turn uh, conversations about sports, about different things, into talk about Jesus, right? That's one of the things we have to pray for, wisdom to turn those uh, conversations into some Jesus talk. Amen? So the Bible tells us, this is Stephen talking, Acts chapter 7, verse 55 on to 58. And it says, but he filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with who? Looked up intently to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And it says... And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So here's Stephen. He's been sharing the word. He's been uh, supposedly giving his defense. But he begins to talk about Jesus. And not only that, he's witnessing a vision. Who's in that vision? The glorified Jesus. Amen. Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. Jesus in his glory. Jesus surrounded by his angels, I imagine, at the right hand of God. And the Bible says, but they cried out in a loud voice, covered their ears, and rushed upon him together. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. What did they do to him? The witnesses laid down their cloaks at the feet of a young man name Saul, the word of the Lord. So this young man named Saul, the Bible later tells us, was approving of this murder. Basically, this was a murder. They brought him before the Sanhedrin, and the proper uh, process was after being tried at the Sanhedrin, they were supposed to go before the Roman authorities, and then the Roman authorities decided death. But this is a straight-up Murder. So Stephen is the first martyr. And right there uh, at the feet of this young man named Stephen was a young man named Saul. A young man who was very religious, was very what? This guy was religious in the sense that when he was 15 years old, he grew up, he had already grown up in the faith, but they sent him to Jerusalem, and there he began to study about the Jewish religion, the Jewish scriptures, 
in a more defined way. He was being prepared. As he grew up, he began to know more people and grow in influence. And eventually, he was well known among the Jewish people. Something began to happen that he began to be filled with anger, began to be filled with hate. As he began to hear about Jesus, he knew Jesus as someone that had been crucified and was gone. So when he started to hear that these people were saying that Jesus is still alive, the Bible tells us he was filled with rage. He was filled with fury. He thought he was doing the right thing, right? How many of you guys know that a lot of the terrorists out there, do you think they think that they're doing wrong when they walk into a church and they blow themselves up? Not at all. They think that there's something out there waiting for them, that when they give their life, that God is going to greet them. This was Saul. But here, Saul suddenly is coming across a man who's confident, amen? A man who is filled with faith, a man who... Uh, uh, the Bible says, the Bible tells us that his face is shining like an angel. Amen. And, and there Saul saw a man who had something that he didn't. What did that man have? What did Stephen have? Jesus. Amen. How many of you guys know that, uh, uh, you know, in our life, uh, uh, when we were lost and when we were uh, drifting out right in the world, doing our thing. Amen. Uh, God sent a lot of people in our path, right? People that knew Jesus, people that shined the light of Christ, right? And when we came across those people, many of us did this. Oh, fanatic. Exaggerated. Oh, God, I never want to be like that person, right? How many of you guys used to say that? How many of you guys remember? I remember the uh, people at the youth group around my parish at St. Clement. Danny knows this uh, group because he used to go back in the days, right? Amen. And before I really knew the Lord, I used to go to Mass. I used to do my duty, right? I went to Mass. That's enough. Now, I didn't pay attention in Mass. I, my mind was somewhere else, right? Sometimes I had a joint in my pocket. Uh, sometimes I, uh, usually after Mass, I'd go get drunk. I'd go get high. So uh, uh, Mass wasn't really uh, doing it for me, right? Not because Mass doesn't. Uh, uh, do it for us, but because my mind was somewhere else, right? I was lost. I was, I was just doing my duty, right? And, uh, and I remember they, these young people would come and they would be all happy, right? Hey, brother. Hey, you know, today we're going to praise and worship and lift up our hands for Jesus and it's going to be so wonderful. We're going to pray and Man, I just wanted to get away, right? I wanted to go somewhere else. I did not want to be seen with those people. I did not want to associate. But let me tell you, just like Saul, these people had something I didn't, right? They had joy. They had peace. They had Jesus. They had the Messiah. They had God, right? They had something in their life that I didn't have as a lost young man, right? I was filled with bitterness, with rage, with, with depression, right? Any little thing could set me off into anger, into fury, right? Anything could set me off. So they had what I needed, right? I didn't know it at the time, but God kept sending these people before me because he had a plan, amen? Amen? So that's the moment in my mind when I feel like Saul's conversion started to happen. 
when he came across Stephen. Where he saw a young man that had boldness, right? When he saw a young man seeing God in a vision, not afraid to be stoned, not afraid to die, amen? A man that was just, he was ready, right? As soon as he saw Jesus, he said, hey, well, if they stone me, I'm going to be with Jesus, amen? So they stone Stephen. They kill him. And later on, some time passes, Saul, the Bible tells us that he goes on persecuting people, right? At no point did he ever think he was going to be part of this group, just like me, right? I never thought I'd be in those youth groups, right, lifting up my hands. That was the last thing I wanted to do. So here's Saul. He's persecuting people. He's entering homes. He's entering synagogues. Wherever he finds people that uh, are talking or believing in Jesus, the Bible tells us that he would put them in prison, torture them, make them renounce their faith. And he had authority to do it, right? Eventually, the Bible tells us that Saul, on his way to Damascus, right? Somewhere in Syria, right? Amen? He's on his way to Damascus, and then suddenly he's hit with a light. Amen? And this light tells him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, right? And he lifts up his eyes. He can't see anything but a light, right? The Bible says that he became blind at that moment. And he asks, who are you, Lord? And what does the voice say? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And that's an interesting thing, the connection between the church and Jesus. Jesus doesn't say, hey, Saul, why are you persecuting the church? Jesus says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Amen. So the Bible tells us that Saul had his conversion. And there's a guy named Ananias who uh, I, I don't know much about Ananias. The Bible doesn't tell, tell us much about him. But if you go to Acts uh, chapter 9, you can read it later. Chapter 9, around 13 through 16. The Bible says that Ananias, he's a disciple of Jesus. He's over there in Damascus. He's chilling. He's kind of hearing about Saul, right? He's, he's a little nervous, right? They're all nervous. They're all panicking because Saul is on his way, right? Amen? He's on his way. He's looking to put some Christians to death over there in Damascus. So Ananias and all the Christians in that area, they're waiting. And then suddenly, he hears a voice that says, Ananias, go Go to the house of a man, I, I'm trying to remember the ex exact words, but uh, he tells Ananias to go and to pray for Saul, who would later be Paul. Amen? Anybody know what Ananias says? Chale! No, I'm just kidding. Uh-uh! No way! Not me! No thank you! This is a setup, right? God, are you planning my martyrdom too? Because this man, he's a killer. This man is dangerous. This man has soldiers. How many of us have ever thought like that? You know, we get scared, right? I remember this one day where I was sitting in a church. I was comfortable. I was at a grupo oración in Spanish. Everybody was singing. And then suddenly, uh, uh, I got this nudge, right? I don't know if anybody's ever felt that nudge. But it's like, like, like a nudge. And... Uh, uh, the nudge or, or the voice was telling me to go 
to the Culver City projects. In those days, they were a little bit dangerous. The thing was, I grew up in Venice on the other side. So uh, people from Venice did not go into Culver City. And there was God saying, go to Culver City. So, you know, everything's cool, right? I get my Bible. I walk in there. I'm talking to people. I'm talking to some, uh, you know, so, some Mexican dudes. Hola, como esta? Mira que Jesús lo ama y que Dios cambió mi vida. I'm talking in Spanish. And then I come up on some cholos. And I start to get nervous, right? I'm like, God says, go to them. And I'm like, oh, man. All right. So I walk up, and the first thing they say, they look at me up and down. They go, where are you from, Holmes? I'm like, oh, um, nowhere. They're like, oh, yeah, where you grow up at? <laughs> Venice, what? These two guys, immediately their eyes became beady. You know, when people get mad, remember when your dad used to take the belt? I don't know, well, maybe it's just my story. Their eyes became beady. They looked at each other. And then they started to talk about jacking me amongst themselves while I'm there, right? I'm on the, I'm there. And I'm like, oh, man, how did I get out of this one, right? God, what's going on here, right? But the point is, I began to share Jesus with them. I began to talk about them. Now, I don't know if those men converted. I don't know if they're walking with God now. But see, sometimes we plant seeds. And we don't know when they're going to grow. This guy, Ananias, you don't hear about him in the Bible at all later on. But let me tell you the importance of Ananias, that, that he was the bridge that brought uh, 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 Saul. Probably like 20 or 30 other men would have said, no, it's too dangerous. They would have backed out. They would have uh, gotten scared. They would have said, this is a setup. That voice isn't from God, right? But Ananias went into the house and laid hands on this man. And this man uh, regained his sight, right? And all of a sudden, a call came on his life, amen? And suddenly, Paul received the call to go to the Gentiles, people that didn't know the Lord, people that worship idols and false gods in the sun and all kinds of weird things. Paul would go and preach to these people, amen? Let's give the Lord a round of applause. But one of the interesting things in verse 16, as Ananias is set to go pray for Paul, amen, he hears, I'm going to show Paul what he must suffer for my name. What does that mean? What does that mean? Suffer for his name. The cross, amen. How many of you guys like the cross? <laughs> yeah. Um, personally, I don't like carrying the cross. I, I, I would love it if this path was just smooth sailing, right? I'd love it. I love being on the boat with Jesus with no, no waves, right? I, I, would, I would love it to be that way, but it's not that way. Amen. And here Ananias is told, I'm going to show Paul what he must suffer for my name. And if we read Acts chapter 5, verse 40 to 41, it says, after recalling the apostles, they had them flogged, ordered them to stop speaking in the name of Jesus and dismissed them, right? The disciples had just been flogged. So they left the presence of the Sanhedrin rejoicing that they had been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name, the word of the Lord. 
And I guess that's what I want to focus on tonight, that in order to grow in God, you got to suffer, right? You got to turn your back on things. You got to say no, right? I remember this one time uh, I was in graduate school. I was getting my master's and, uh, you know, some of my classmates were having a party at this girl Liz's house, right? And, uh, you know, there wasn't really going to be nothing crazy, nothing wild. I could have gone, right? But the next day I had a talk. And that day I felt like the Lord was calling me to pray to turn down a gathering, which was also a good thing, right? Amen. But there was a better thing. And I got into the presence of God. And that day I prayed and I cried out. I must have spent like five hours praying. And let me tell you, uh, 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 when when I showed up to that church, San Felipe Neri and Linwood, there was an anointing that day. There was a, a passion for the name of Jesus that day that I didn't have a few hours ago, right before I started praying. Amen. So we're going to go to some of Paul's trials. If you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look a little bit into one of the trials. Now he's known as Paul, right? Amen. Apparently in the time of the Jews in those times, many people had different names. So Hebrew, his Hebrew name was Saul, right? Amen. But later he began using his, since he was going to be a preacher to the Gentiles, he began using his Gentile name, Paul, which means little one, el pequeñito, el chaparro, right? Amen. <laughs> so, so the Bible tells us this. Now, 2 Corinthians was written in 55 AD. Amen? Paul is telling us, when I talk about Saul and Paul, I'm talking about the same person. Amen? Saul is telling us that he had a vision 14 years ago. And here it goes. It says, I know a man in Christ. He's talking about himself, but he's kind of putting some distance between himself, right? You see the humility in the man. He's saying, I know of a man, but he's really talking about himself. Amen? And he said, who 14 years ago, so he's recalling an incident that happened some time ago, right? Some time has passed. He's had time to think about it, to process it. We call it in the therapy world, to process, right? Amen. And it says, and it says this, it says, who 14 years ago, still in the body, I do not know, or out of the body. So he had an experience. He's not sure if it happened in his body, or if it was a vision, something spiritual, or he actually was transported. He's still not figuring out all the details, right? And sometimes it's like that. When God tells us things, uh, uh, sometimes we haven't fully figured it out, right? Sometimes as you grow in God, he's going to start to give you signs, right? Sometimes he, you're going to start hearing about a certain church, right? that doesn't have a youth group, that doesn't have a ministry, and you're like, man, I've never been to that church. And suddenly you find yourself going there, and then you meet some people. Next thing you know, you're involved. Amen? That's how God works, right? Amen? So, did Deacon Doug, you, you thought about this whole, you, you, did you think all these people would be here a few years ago? You think you'd be <laughs> right? Amen? God had a plan. Amen? So the Bible tells us this. It says, it says, and I know that this man, still in the body or outside the body, I do not know, 
God knows, was caught up into paradise. Was caught up where? Into paradise and heard words said that cannot and may not be spoken by any human being. Now, if we go back a little bit, right, amen, and we remember Stephen, Stephen, the martyr, right? Uh, the Bible tells us that he's sharing his defense before the Sanhedrin, and there came a point where suddenly, right, he looked up into the sky, and he saw who? Jesus, right? Sitting at the right hand of God. And here, Paul is transported into the heavens where uh, he saw Jesus. He saw the angels. He saw the glory of God. He felt the presence in a, in a way he couldn't feel it on earth. Amen. Let me tell you that this experience was life changing life transforming right this was a moment where this man who used to be a persecutor a killer a terrorist right was being shown things that some people might say well he doesn't deserve that man this dude's a killer this dude used to kill us what do you mean you had a vision man are you crazy what are you talking about dude I knew you when you were an alcoholic, man. I knew you when you used to get high. I knew you at Venice High when you used to uh, uh, just be a disruptive individual, right? I used to hear stuff like that, right, from people, from my own family. Dude, you're still on one, man. You're just, you're just high, and now you're talking about religion, right? That's what they used to tell me, right? He's catapulted. He's, he's taken into heaven, right? Amen? He heard words that cannot be seen and spoken by any human being. How many of you guys know that we're not of this world, right? I'm just passing through, right? We can't get caught up in this world, right? We got to keep exercising. We got to keep working. We got to eat right. But at the end of the day, right, we don't belong in this world, right? Amen? That's why you see people, man, that... uh uh, of the world, right? They're so focused on this world. The celebrities, right? They're, everything is here in this world. Their fame, their, their money, their bank accounts, the movies they made, right? They live for this world. But me and you, we're living for another world, right? Amen? That's why we can say no to some things, right? That's why uh, our, our, our goals are different, right? Amen? So the Bible tells us this. It says, on behalf of someone like that, I'm willing to boast, right? That's why sometimes, I remember I was in New York one day and uh, uh, this brother on Facebook invited me to go to New York and to give a talk out there. And this lady was passing out flyers and she's like, brother, I passed out the flyer to your talk all over the place. And I was like, I kind of looked at her. I took a step back and I was like, me? She goes, yeah, like her face just dropped, like, what do you mean, you? I've been handing out all these flyers for you. I was like, well, it's all about Jesus. It's all about, I, all I care about is that they see Jesus, right? Amen? And at the same time, I kind of understood. I was like, man, maybe I should have been a little more, uh, uh, you know, like, like affirming. Like, hey, thank you, sister. You know, thank you for passing out the flyer. It really means a lot to me. And, you know, there I was. You know, maybe I was being a little bit rude. But my point was I was trying to just say, you know, uh, it's not important that I go, but that Jesus, that his presence is going to be there. So that's what Paul is kind of saying, you know. He's saying, he's saying, on behalf of someone like that, I'm willing to boast. 
but I'm, I'm not going to boast on my own behalf except of my weaknesses. Whoa, there you go. Humility, right? And later on, we see that after this experience, if you read Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, Paul is saying, I am caught between the two. He's talking about worlds, right? Amen. Our world and that world. And he says, I long to depart this life and be with Christ. That is far better. Yet, I remain in the flesh. It's necessary for your benefit. And that means that if me and you are on this earth, right, it's for a purpose. Have you found your purpose? Have you grown to the point where you know where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do, or who you're supposed to talk to for Jesus, right? Amen? And let me tell you, it shifts. When I first started in ministry, uh, I, was, I was preaching mostly to gang members in juvenile halls, right? And I remember around uh, uh, 2008, God shifted and told me, go preach to the youth. 